Welcome to this episode of Spiritual Hustle. I'm Anthony Filipovich, and along with Justin Sabinski, we're going to talk about natural law. We had a comfortable podcast where we went into the seven known natural laws and the one lost law. But in this podcast, we're going to focus more on the lost law, which we think is the cornerstone for everything. And once you understand that law, everything else will come into focus. But before we go into that, I wanted to talk about, again, what the main kind of premise of uh, spiritual hustle is. We want to peer through the veil and understand how reality works so that we can communicate that to our listeners so that they can lead happier lives that are more aligned with their true purpose. And what we found through discussions with all the people that have been on this podcast is having guidelines that people can follow is extremely important in order for you to be able to do that. And understanding these natural laws is one of the best guidelines that we've been able to uncover so far that can help you lead a fully expressed life that will allow you to reach your full potential, whatever that might be. And everyone's full potential changes over time because once you come up with bigger ideas, your idea of what that potential could be becomes bigger. So that's why for us, um, these natural laws are critical and it's important to understand it. So the the last law has to do with care. And it's important to understand what we care enough to put our will behind is ultimately what gets created in our world. The world is the way that it is because most people don't care enough to change their actions. People will say they care, but when it, when it comes to actually changing the way they think, feel, and act, they don't do it. They expect that change will automatically occur somehow miraculously. But in order for change to occur, in order for you to be the change that you want to see in this world, you have to change the way you think, first of all, and then the way you act, the way you behave, and the way you interact with other people. What you care about, what you're passionate about, is what will express in your life. And that care has to be aligned with love and not fear. Once you align that with love, freedom will flow into your life. And freedom is the key to not only your personal salvation, but the salvation of the entire planet. Before we go any further, I think it would be helpful to define freedom. This definition comes from the book, The End of All Evil, by Jeremy Locke. The the definition of freedom is the infinite value of the human being. So freedom is not um, this thing that you get. It is you. You are freedom. Um, It is it's what makes us human. Yeah, that's beautifully put. Freedom is the infinite value of the human being. So as part of that... And and evil is just anything that stops that from happening. Right. And go, go ahead, sorry. Well, to take that a step further, the infinite value of the human being, people have to understand or feel their true value. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges people have. A lot of people don't feel like, don't, don't feel that value inside them. And I think a lot of people cover that, that loss of freedom by being a little over aggressive or trying to be domineering and controlling. But let, let me ask you a question. How can an individual find the, the infinite value within them? Realize that. So, the the easiest way 
to conceptualize it for me anyway was was like okay so what is what is infinite infinite is is something that's not finite and basically all that means is that it's not divisible right division is essentially the the tool of evil divide things um that's how you uh division is is a natural method of manipulation by but uh advertisers and all sorts of people um it's the reason why we're having these race things going on it's like we we look at other cultures and we see like that that there were that there were cultures in africa that as very recently were measuring each other's noses and basing this genocide on the size of people's noses and and then there's the other genocide where people were getting killed because they were wearing glasses and then it's like we see that and we know that that's ridiculous so why are we doing this with with the races um it doesn't make any sense. There, this, this separation. Um, it, the thing that that people have to start realizing in order for this this whole infinite power to kind of like manifest itself is is that you are the universe, and once you like acknowledge that and accept that that there is no difference between you and the universe. Therefore, not only did God create you, but you also equally created God. And that we all did this and that this is what we're a part of together. And when you start looking at another human and you see this human walking by and you're like, like, that's a different person. No, that's a division. That person's no different than you. You're, you're that person. They are you. The second you start doing that, the second you start realizing why it feels good to compliment people, why it feels good to give presents you don't gain much value from giving away a present unless you're giving that present to you. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, now I know why this feels so good. I just gave myself a present, And, um, it makes you feel so much more in unity with so many other people. It makes you feel happy and it makes you feel understanding, um, towards this stuff. And when you start uh, realizing that, that not only are you God, but you're also the creator of God, like it just puts you into this that makes you feel like, whoa, like I did that. It's like, yeah, you did that. And all the only difference is that your perspective has changed. You're in the perspective of a human being. And when, when this body ends, you're not going anywhere. You'll still be there because this is a universe and we all go together. And when you realize that, then it's just like, like, Oh, like a, this infinite thing starts making sense because there, you cannot, you can't divide a universe. Not even once. It's all one thing. Uni versus one thing. So g- going back to our definition of freedom and how it ties into personal worth, uh, I, th- I think what you're saying is per- the personal worth comes from the realization that you are connected to, to everything. And within, yeah. within you is the universe, right? Like you, you, are not, you are not a small speck of dust floating around this planet called Earth you are actually part of the cosmos. You are part of God who, de- then, who, who decided to ma- like manifest themselves in this particular world for whatever reason, but there's so much more to you, right? That that is your self-worth, your, your, your Godhood. Would you yeah, say? And, and, and suddenly it's like you start appreciating people and, like, how could you be upset or envious or jealous when somebody that you know becomes successful when you realize that that person is you also? 
a different aspect and, to you. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, yeah. And it, it, it's like, Oh, that person's growing over there. That's awesome. That means that we're all growing and, and that person's not doing a great job. Well, you know, you can think of a time in your life where you weren't doing a great job either. So how about you stop being so judgy? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's like, you wouldn't judge yourself at your worst. Like when you get home after a long day and it's eight o'clock and you're like, man, I guess I'll just order a pizza and, and smoke weed and not do anything until bed. And it's like, um, how could you judge anyone uh, after, after doing the silly stuff that we do when nobody's looking? Um, but the reason why I felt like we needed to preface with, with this understanding is that once you realize that this whole care thing becomes a lot like um, uh, basically like a magic wand, because it's, once you have that power and that understanding and that confidence, then anything that you look at and, and you say, I want to do that, um, I'm going to put my energy in that, you, you know full well that you're going to get it. And it's like it puts manifestation on overdrive because um, it, it becomes inevitable. There's no tricking yourself. There's no need to play games um, when you care about something and you know that you're also not only God, but also the creator of God. Um, and that everyone around you, you're going to convince that this is the thing that's going to happen and they're all going to be on board with it because they also know that that's the thing that, that wants to get done. And, and when you do it in terms of focusing on things that offer love and abundance to other people, it's going to, it catches on very quickly. And the only people who don't like it are, are bad, bad people. And, um, and those people will always not like it and that's okay. And, uh, they, they won't, it doesn't affect you as much when you, when you realize this stuff. And, uh, and, and it's all about using, using care as basically a magic wand and focus on it. And, um, and I guess we can talk about intention and how those two care and intention kind of work together. I think so, whoa. What, what we can maybe get into is um, I think that there are three things that kind of work together, right? The, I'm thinking more from a, like a physical perspective. Care comes from the heart, at least that way, that's mm -hmm. the way I interpret it, right? It has to be melded with knowledge, right? And, and, and then a feeling that comes in the guts that it moves you to action, does that make sense? Yeah. So, so I think the movement to action is amplified by the sense of, of um, how big your goal is, what you're moving towards, right? How excited you are about it, or the, you know, the passion, the thing. And I think what you're outlining is the fact that by realizing that you are part of everything, that goal that you're moving towards not only benefits yourself, but it benefits humanity to, 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 to a certain degree. Right. And, and that creates like probably the most potent of, of all, of all like um, desire to move forward and actually action some, because you, you get the, the joy of not only seeing something that you care about manifest, but you also see the joy of it benefiting other people. And then you realize that that's really benefiting yourself. And it almost becomes like a feedback loop, 
right? That kind of just that just builds on itself. So, so I, I, I'm just thinking out loud, and I'm in agreement with everything you like everything you said so far. But I'm trying to understand how it works on the physical plane, how it interacts, how you would feel it in your body. So, uh, what was the point you were trying to make? Care versus intention. Um, well, yeah. Well, let's clear let's clear up the the physical plane stuff first, I guess. Um, so. Hmm. Let me think. Because the the issue is is that when you when you care and it's a logical care, um, and yes, you you need emotion to get you moving, um, and, and to get the basically the juices flowing. But once that thing, once the thing that you care about is decided upon and you say, this is the thing that I want, uh, I'm going to care about it. The, the second that that happens, you, it, it should start, it should become a foregone conclusion. Like you're writing a story. What should become you, a foregone conclusion that you will, that, that you will attain the thing that you care about or that, okay. you know, it's a weird thing to say that you'll attain the thing that you care about, the, the whatever the thing that you want, that you're willing to think about a lot and all this stuff. And, um, um, it, you, you basically want to look at it. Like you wrote, you wrote the end of a, of an uh, amazing book and the end is set in stone. Now you don't really know how you're going to get there, but the, this, this thing that you care about is inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, and, to think about it any other way would, would make you like, it, it would confuse you. It would confuse you. Like if somebody came up to you and was like, like, uh, the sky is, uh, is the sky is red. Like all the time. It, it's just, the sky is always red. You would look at them and be like, what are you talking about? No, it's blue. And, um, and you can show them the scientific reason why the sky is blue. Um, because of the light, bouncing off and uh and it's the easiest color to see and all this stuff um and you can scientifically prove that you will be able to scientifically prove um that this thing that whatever you want whatever you care about is going to happen and if anyone says otherwise you look at them like they're the crazy one um because you're writing a future and that person who's telling you nay is also writing a future and you have to tell them that your future is more right than theirs. But uh, how do you do that? So I, th- I think by, by being by saying that it's not in the future, you 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 when you write it out and and you say this is the foregone conclusion, then it's no longer the future. That is going to happen. So are you saying? Let me like uh, talk it back to you. See if this makes sense. So you're saying whatever you you care about, and then you make a decision in your internal decision that that's what you were you are going to do because you care about it. Mm-hmm. That it's a foregone conclusion that it, it will manifest. Yeah, it's inevitable, and it's and it's a joke to think about it any other way. And it could be as something as crazy as being in the 1960s and saying. Hey, we're going to end segregation in the South. And it's like, if, 
if some people could do that, then make a million dollars, um, you can do that because many people have done that and only a few people have ended or assisted in progressing the end of segregation in the South. But, um, but, but here's the key. I understand what you're saying. Like every major change that ever happened in my life, like I, I, and I trace it back to like where it started. It always, always started with that decree I made to myself quietly inside my own mind saying, this shall be, this is the way this was going to happen. Right. So oh, my biggest, um, uh, uh, time changers is actually when I'm lashing out and, um, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. No, this is the way it's going to be. And I, and I say, any, any other uh, any other thing you you come in line with me and this that, is how you this is how people can get away with doing evil things and still having a good voice inside their head is is because you're you're ultimately in control and and that's a good point like uh, the little voice is there to guide you and say hey you know you need a and i don't mean to say little voice but it, because it's a superior voice than you but at the end of the day um you say, this is what we're doing. And if it's wrong, you'll still learn something and that's okay. Um, right. When I, say, when I say the voice inside my head, I, I didn't mean the voice you hear like chatter in your mind. I, I just meant like internally, I would make a decree, but you're right. I mean, it doesn't like when I made major changes, it wasn't always like that. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times it was me raging at God, yelling at the top of my lungs uh, and saying, this is the way it will fucking be from now on. You're right. Thanks for reminding me of that. In fact, I think the most powerful ones were like that. Yeah, and that's amazing. Okay. And this, so I actually wanted to talk to you about this for, for a while now. Um, and because, and I know that I'm getting off track a little bit, but I, I meant to bring this up about memory because... Um, you, you always say that, um, that, you know, it sucks that we have this really retarded memory, like a, like the human memory is, is poor. It's poor at best. Like, like you need to remind yourself daily of, of like very key things or you will forget them. Um, and like, you need to consciously remind yourself and it's, and it's like, like, that's bullshit. Like, why doesn't our, our minds just remember these things? And, and I always, and I always agreed with you up until like last week when I, I, I stopped and I, and I was having a conversation with a friend and it just hit me. It's like, it, we experience a lot of things that would basically psych- psychologically end us like bad breakup, um, death in the family. Maybe you saw someone get killed or something. And these things would end you. You would just be thinking about them constantly. And it would just be like this horrible, horrible thing in, in your, in your head. But we're blessed with this terrible memory. So we just end up forgetting about this stuff. We end up forgetting about the breakup that felt like it would never end and that you would never get out of it. And somehow we got out. How do we get out of it? Well, we got out of it because we have this terrible, terrible memory. And I can't remember that we were in a bad mood the day before <laughs> or the week before. And, um, so there's like it, it, this this poor memory has, has an advantage, and the advantage is back in the especially back in the day there was way more tragedy going on, and way more things to have to forget about. Like thinking about like in like 500 AD, 
and like everyone's just dying around you and nobody knows why <laughs> that would be a good time to have a poor memory um I, I think i have to disagree with what you just said okay. i think i think um having a poor memory is, is not a blessing i think what you're referring to is having a memory with the emotional charge of that memory still there. I think what happens is time heals a lot of things, right? So if you, if you had a death of someone that you loved, like really loved and they meant a lot to you, it takes time to like get over that. Right. But you still have the memory of them over time. Like the pain associated with that lessens. So to, to me, the memory without the emotional impact is wisdom, right? You don't want to, you don't want to lose wisdom. You're, you're almost arguing for the, to, that losing wisdom is good, and, and, and I don't believe that. You need to, the more we could remember without that emotional tie to bring us down, the more wise we would be. Well, yeah, what I'm saying is, is that that time is, is the time where you lose the, you, you basically lose portions of what had happened. The, the significance of the scenario became less significant. A bad breakup becomes less significant after a couple of weeks and you realize, oh, I'm so much better off now. Um, whereas I don't think that you would have that realization if you could not forget bad memories. And I'm saying that a, a bad, one bad memory could knock out a human, like look at somebody with PTSD. They cannot forget that experience, and, and you're you're right about the emotional charge. They uh, it, that's an important uh, piece to all of this um, because that that emotional charge will weaken over time as long as you're not reminded about um, the experience, and eventually it just goes back into your psyche, which cannot happen for somebody experiencing PTSD because they keep replaying it in their head and they keep dreaming about it, and the, the dream is really where it gets them because that's where they need to recharge, and that's. Um, um, and it's also, um, it's, uh, unconscious. So they have no control to stop the memory, uh, replaying. It's, it, it, it's this, uh, try to think of it in terms of like 12,000 BC and you're just watching everyone die around you. That would be a good, a good reason to evolve a poor memory. Uh, again, no, I, I, I don't, to, to me, wisdom you're arguing for the facts of, of decreasing or inhibiting wisdom in exchange for getting, not getting PTSD every time something bad happens to you. I would take that. I would take that poor memory any day over somebody who cannot forget anything because that person goes crazy every time. I understand what you're saying. Uh, in those extreme situations, I can understand, I can understand that. But if you look at the the average person in Western society right now, they they don't have those those most of them don't have those types of extreme experiences, right? They, they have breakups. They you know they 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 don't go to war. They don't see their whole village slaughtered. They don't see like their family slaughtered. They don't yeah, have I, those extremes. I agree, but but you look at the last hundred years, and then you realize that it took. Uh, four billion years for our brains to develop and and to expect them to change over a hundred years. Basically what I'm saying is, is I don't think the human race would have made it um, after the glaciers melted and, and everyone got flooded out and, and all of these animals died. Um, 
if they didn't have some form of amnesia that is so prevalent that it's in, uh, they talk about this amnesia in the, in, in the Bible and everything, where it's like clearly humans forget things and they've forgotten a lot of stuff. And um, the, if they hadn't forgotten some of that horror, um, it, I just don't think that people, conscious people would want to continue to live and that the human race would have ended. Uh, definitely more than 25 or, or 12,500 years ago. Um, there's just, there was just too much horror and to forget about that and to be like, well, we live in this society now. So why does our, our memory, why doesn't our memory catch up? It's like, well, still, you're still going to bump into times that you're going to have these things that ex- that you experience and it, the wipeout of, of, of the, the idea that, that you could be wiped out from one poor uh, memory which cannot happen right now because our memories are poor is I, I think it's a huge benefit and, and it's worth the battle of, of having to remind yourself of very basic things over and over again. I, I still think a better route or the better approach, if you have the skill sets to do it is to keep the memories, but, de- but remove that emotional charge to it. Yeah. I mean, the memory is never going to go away. It's just, you don't, you, you just don't remember it. Right. I think what, what I'm saying, though, is the, the degree to how much we forget and how bad our memory is, is kind of tied into me to like, the whole idea of Maya has, has like reference in the, in, in the Vedas. Is, Maya is that whole idea of like everything's an illusion and there's almost like a, a curtain in front of us that, that stops us from seeing reality as it is. Right, and that curtain has a certain level of amnesia that it it mm-hmm. gives us, right? And that is part and parcel of the whole thing, keeping us from understanding a bigger view of reality. So that that to me is bad. That that to me stops like person's growth moving forward, and it's. And it's and, definitely is a major hit on their spiritual evolution. Is it though? Is, yes. Because here's the question. Is life is suffering? Um, that's, that's like the first that, thing you read. In, that, that's what the Buddha said. Yeah. If life was not suffering, would humans exist? No. If life was not suffering, there would not be evolution. There would be no reason to evolve. So these, these things that we look at as evil, I, I never actually see them as evil. I always see them as a drill sergeant. Drill sergeants aren't evil when they're training their men. Um, they seem when you're getting, when you have a drill sergeant at you and he's yelling at you and you're like, the fuck is this guy yelling at me for? Um, like, I'm doing all this stuff right. Why does he keep telling me I'm going to get Marines killed? It's like, because if he doesn't train me right, not only am I going to get Marines killed, I might get myself killed. This drill sergeant who I'm supposed to hate actually loves me more than like my own family because he's willing to wake up earlier than me. He's willing to not eat until after I've eaten. He's, he's willing to go to sleep after me simply to make sure that I don't die and that I don't kill other people. Like that is one badass, awesome dude. And, um, I sometimes look at like Maya and the suffering stuff and, and, and these, these negative things, you can put Satan in there also as, as, um, is these extremely positive forces that are highly misunderstood because if we didn't have the illusion, if we didn't have Maya, there wouldn't have, there wouldn't be any amazing awakening. 
there wouldn't be any samadhi. There would just be, it would always be samadhi. That, that's not, I mean, if you want to go there, then, um, then vibrate out of here. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If, if, enjoy, I, if I could enjoy your eternal bliss. Well, that, that's, well, that's, uh, that's not my cup of tea. Well, I think you, like, I, I want to evolve more. I think the, 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 the way I view it is I, I feel like I've been on this hamster wheel a while. How long do you think, how many lives do you think you've been on this wheel? And how many lives do you think is worthy to, to experience Samadhi for 24-7? I have no idea. Like, I, I don't have a number that comes to <laughs> I don't me. All, all I can tell you is I have this sense that I've been at the party way too long, right? I've been at the party, everyone's gone. I'm in the kitchen, there's no one here, the food is gone, but I can't find the fucking door out. That, that's what it feels like to me. And it feels like at this point that the game is stacked against me. That, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like in my gut. And it feels like it's stacked behind me, but, uh, against me, because there are things that I know, I know, and I can't get access to that. What do you think the door is? If it's the not door, on the outside. The door is in, on the inside. Yeah. It's definitely on the inside. But when I talk to... So take it. If it's on the inside, then it's yours. Well, you got to find it. It's, it's not that easy. Claim, claim your door. Open. Claim your door. <laughs> Decree that the door be opened up and walk through it. And and don't and don't be afraid to resort to begging. Uh, I'm, I'm. I think my guy up here. He he listens when I when I start. Please tell me. <laughs> Please. Really? I'm sorry. The, the begging never worked to me, like for for me. I think going back to what we said is like when you yell, scream, and demand, and it, that seems to, for whatever reason that seems to work a little bit better. And maybe that works better because you you step into your godhood, you step into like your power, right? Because because <laughs> no one's going to come down like, please God help me. No, like there is like God didn't set up the game like right. I think it's I think it's the emotional charge. I, I was crying during that please help me um, uh, situation. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like, uh, it was like, I, I was pretty upset. <laughs> yeah. But the, the emotional charge is stuff. The emotional charge. Yeah. Right. And um, but, 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 but the word begging is interesting, right? Because anytime you beg, beg is more aligned with wanting something, right? Whereas when you make a decree, say it, like the decree is, no, this is the way it is now, Right. Mm-hmm. And and that is it's just a distinction. Like when we talk about manifesting, how do you manifest? Do you manifest like uh, wanting something? No. When you manifest something in the proper way, you manifest it as if it's already here, and you do that with a highly emotional charge, right? And I think exactly. that's what and that's what we're talking about. The times that you yelled at God or whoever, you were in the moment. You were saying that this is the way it's going to be now, not later, not tomorrow, not next week, but now. And you did it with the emotional charge. You, you followed the correct recipe for manifestation, right? Yes. But, it, it, but in that case, it took, it took something very st- stirring or important to you to get you to the point where you, you felt like you were breaking so that you could pull that emotional charge and that determination together in a forceful manner. Yeah. And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about care too. going full circle is, is when you care about something um, and you say that this is the thing that I want 
Like it's, it's done. Once you say that it's done and, and to look at it any other way where it's like, Oh, I'll do it. What do I have to do? It's like, no, 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 it's <laughs> done. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's been a, not just decreed. Um, and however you, you came to this decision that this is what you're going to care about. This is, that's what you're going to be focusing on. Um, we call this channel spiritual hustle because, um, you have to hustle to be spiritual in uh, an extremely materialistic world. And we live in a materialistic world because uh, democracies just tend to go uh, the way of uh, materialism. Materialism, And um, it's one of the few drawbacks to uh, democracies, uh, my research on, on them, um, simply because everyone in a democracy has very little time um, to contemplate things. Whereas when, if you exist in a monarchy, you have this whole aristocracy that never works. So all they ever do is just stop and think about stuff. They have nothing better to do. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying we should switch to a, a monarchy. I'm just saying that there are some disadvantages to being in a democracy. Um, and uh, that's why like in Hindu tradition, like they had a very strict caste system. There was this whole priest class. All they did was meditate all day. And then they just told people what they learned from it. It was a, uh, Kind of helpful in, in that sense but um so now that we kind of like understand care like to look at it in terms of like practical practicality is like i always tell people to stop and think about like what you actually think about and when you do that and you do that honestly it almost disturbs you because you realize very quickly that you think about and it's almost certain that you think about celebrities more than you think about your own family and when people, when I say that to people, they usually look at me. Yep. They make that face. Um, and they go, no, not true. And I guarantee that you've said Kardashian more than you've said the name of your, um, the name of your brother, or if you don't have a brother, the name of your mom or something. Um, you've said that word more often in 2018 than, than mom. And even if that was even close remotely close like if it was 60 percent mom 40 40 percent kardashian that is entirely too high you have to look at every thought that you have as a piece of unbounded unbridled intense universe creating energy and when you look at every thought with this this kind of value are you going to waste your thought on kim kardashian are you going to waste your thought on uh, talking shit about somebody that somebody that you claim is your friend. Are you going to waste that thought on somebody who cut you off while you're while you're driving to work the other the other day, or are you going to go no this this one thought, this one thought can create the Eiffel Tower. This one thought can create the uh, Empire State Building. I am not going to waste this thought on somebody that is not going to give any value in return for for my thought. And, and to really take it serious. And then suddenly you go, okay, I have 50,000 thoughts per day on average. How many of these thoughts can I use for, um, whatever, for the, for the thing that I care about? And, um, and thinking in these terms is hustling. That's the definition of you're finding little time, little ways to get in there and, um, and to, uh, Focus on, focus on the things that you actually want to grow and expand in, in your life. And that's the, remember, everything starts with, with thoughts and emotions. 
And if you have those things focused on one single thing, concentration is density, and these things will start manifesting in physical reality, but they first have to be constructed and, and, uh, and a framework has to be built in the mental sphere. And the best way to do that is to write it out because suddenly you're, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're building the structure and the framework and you're bringing it out into the physical world. You're physically manifesting. Now, suddenly this written out thing that you have, which is just like a business plan or something, you've been focusing on that business now for, for extended periods of time. You're, you're doing the care. Like it all filters into itself. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to tie it back to two things. One is, um, that screaming at God example or scenario, right? Where you really care and you care with passion and you care with your entire, like with your entire soul body every aspect of you cares, right? So what you're, what you're alluding to is that you, that level of care you should apply to every thought that goes through your mind because every thought that goes through your mind is critically important to you and the people you love because it will affect your reality. Mm-hmm. So I think... It's, and not just to affect your reality, like, ooh, like, like this little thing. Yeah, ooh, no. It's, it's you, like, you're looking at, if you can harness this, this power, in a blink of an eye, you will go from being homeless to having a million dollars in your account, if you do this correctly. And it, it's that quick. And not only that, like improving your personal relationship. Like, to take the example of uh, thinking about the Cardassians more than you should, right? Like, one thought is probably more than you should. You, you realign those thoughts to think about your child, for example, right? Or, or your wife or your, your husband. And think about if you do just that one little thing mm. and your thought is on that person that you love, you'll be thinking of ways to, um, hopefully, ways to make them happy, ways to, uh, to, like, things to do with them that will make them happy, how you spend your time with them, how, you know, when you're together, it can be more of a joyous experience. It gives you the mental like volume or capacity to put your thoughts and feelings into things that are going to legitimately improve your life almost immediately. Exactly. Energy is just energy. Energy is neither good nor bad, which means that there's these people out there and they're literally spending their days making Trump, um, um, dolls that you you pierce and it you know voodoo dolls voodoo dolls they're spending their days making Trump voodoo dolls they don't understand that that energy goes to Trump that that energy goes to Donald Trump and he takes in that energy you know why because energy is not positive nor negative it's just energy so he takes it in and not only that but when you do bad things to people who you don't know like if if you don't know Donald Trump and you make a voodoo doll about him the that magic reverses onto you. You have to know the person who you're going to um, uh, elicit black magic with. Um, you, you have to know the person. You, you can't just do it to them. It, it'll always reverse onto you. And that, that's a, a very basic uh, magic thing um, that made me realize, like, you, you can't do these little tricks and gimmicks. So they, they just they blow up in your face. And um, 
Well, not only that, but you, the, the other cool. It's like you, you get a, a, a double hit because you get exactly. that psychic hit back, and then you have the opportunity cost, meaning that the time you spend thinking of Donald Trump, you could have been spending thinking of your family, right? And it's a double that person, and that person who you presumably don't like gets all that energy, and that energy, therefore, your family doesn't get that energy. The bad guy, the guy you don't like, gets the energy. So stop thinking about people you don't like and start thinking about people you love. <laughs> That's and, a and, kick in the ass. <laughs> and, and, they, and they get all this, and they get that energy. You think about them, they get that energy. Think about so, yourself, you get that energy. Okay, so I, I said I was thinking about two things, right? The other thing, yeah, I'm sorry. The other thing I was thinking about is um, ah, the degree to which people forget, right? I, I refer to it as uh, insidious the way that's built into the, like the human makeup. I think, and I think it's a, and I think it's a blessing, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> what, what you, part of what you forget is not only the trauma, but what you care about. Right. Mm-hmm. That is not a blessing. If you, if you forget <laughs> the things you, you, if you forget the things you care about, you become, so here's the thing. It, it, to me, it kind of like dulls you because you it, it allows you to function to a certain degree, right? It almost like monotone because it could also have the other impact on you that you forget about the things you care about. And people think, well, fuck, I can't care. You know, I will never forget about my daughter. But you do in little ways mm-hmm. you do because you don't mm-hmm. think about her as much as you should. And you think about Kardashians, going back, back to that example, yeah. right? you forget about her. In, in, and in definite steps and periods during the day, you forget about it, right? And and the Kardashians are just an example. Like it, sports, uh, sports Marvel is movies. a big one, right? Yeah, Marvel movies. Oh, that stuff. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to make that clear because I can I can just hear people in their heads going, I don't think about like Kardashians at all. It's like, yeah, well, you think about something that you shouldn't. I'm sure, right? So th- th- that's my example of why forgetfulness. Like the, the downside of it, there there is an ups, just like everything else. There is polarity, right? There is the good, yeah. but there is the bad. I'm not, yeah. I'm definitely not saying that like um, our lack of memory is not a frustrating thing that is annoying and um, and is a definitely a, a definite negative. I just I value it more than um, more than not having it than than having a, a good uh, a quality memory. And um, um, I mean, I, I I don't like saying these sort of things, but like. Um, if you go through an event where um, you see, like, let's just say you're walking down Toronto and God forbid there's a terrorist attack and you see 20 people get blown up, um, you're going to want to forget that. Um, And to have this ability that you can forget about it over time um, is a blessing because those sort of images that can just, People can just see them. You can just see them online. You can see somebody get their head cut off online, and and that could end you if you just remember it over and over and over again. Um, you just bump into the wrong video, and and but luckily watch. we have this. Luckily we have this terrible, terrible memory, so you'll forget about it. Very <laughs> I, I think for now we can agree to disagree. <laughs> Uh, onto, uh, like the ultimate merit of having a bad memory is it net plus or net negative yeah and it's it's just um, 
Yeah, I, I just always want, I, I, I just felt like I felt a need to defend poor memories. Go bad memories. Thank you. Without context, without context, that sounds pretty stupid. Let's go, <laughs> go bad memory. Woo. Can't remember my the first girl who broke my heart. Can't remember her name. Yes. Thank you, memory. Thank you, memory. So yeah, I remember now. <laughs> so much for bad memory. <laughs> but the the charge is gone. That's what I mean. That's wisdom. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you want. It's a bad memory helps because <laughs> you need a few days where you just don't think about it in order. To I, I think it's, to I away. think it's better if you know how to remove the charge from that memory, that would be a better skill. I, I know that would be, you know, th- given what, given certain things that can happen to you, that might be very challenging, but that, that would be the, the more optimal course. Yeah. Um, in, off the top of my head, the, the best way that, um, uh, to remove that charge other than going in and meditating and, and literally just imagining like a sword and cutting off the, the energy to it. But the best way is a good night. NLP. Well, NLP, that's yeah. all NLP does, right? I mean, that's a focus of NLP. Mm-hmm. But you're right. A good night's sleep really helps to clear the mind. Yeah. Usually when I feel shitty about doing something wrong, I wake up the next morning and I go, that wasn't so bad. So, do you want to do like a, a little couch episode, like psychologist couch? You want to talk about what you did that was really bad, Justin? Um, <laughs> no, just... I mean it's just like, it, like <laughs> silly things. <laughs> okay, I didn't even think one off the top of my head, but but you definitely have those experiences where you're like, I just want to lie down. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so getting back to care, I, I think. I think we we um, we came full circle in regards to examples in our life when we really cared about something because we were pushed to the edge, our breaking edge, and then that forced us to really care about something and make a decree that this shall be or this shall not be anymore, and that showed like the optimal level of caring, right? And and that every time that happened to you and me, it, it had a pr- profound impact on the project. Uh, on our life path and where we were going. Right. And the way I think to keep that going, like that intensity on a daily basis goes back to what you were talking about before realizing that we're all connected. We are all part of the whole and that you, and that your purpose really is to serve others. Cause in that way you're, you're best serving yourself. Right. And, and if you can feel like the, the power of that, the impact of that, that that will fuel the care, right? And and the care is, I think, is the pump that drives the will that keeps you going down down that path. Yeah, and um, the big thing um, once you make the decision and you say this is the thing and it's happening, and you you pick the date and all that stuff when it happens, and right. um, and uh, it could take years for that things that happen and you should be aware of that and yeah well, what like what's going to motivate you to continue working during that time great question great question that's what i was trying to get to care that's it it's, it's just like care is to think about like like just think of the stuff that you think about all day like that time could be spent thinking about the thing that you care about like uh, so 
I'm glad we spent like such a long time on the first part. Like, what do you actually care about? Focus on that. Okay, that's a foregone conclusion. Now let's talk about the process of actually getting there. What's actually going to actually get you there? What's going to speed up that process is doing exactly, just mimicking essentially um, the things that that you think about now. Like when you're like, what do you, what television do you watch? What, um, um, what food are you eating? What do you think about when you're driving? What do you think about when you're just sitting down and you're just thinking like those things that capture your attention that you pay attention to, those are the things that are going to start manifesting and they'll start manifesting naturally. So like, for example, if you're watching a television show, um, and you're like, wow, this television show is really good. And you're thinking about it all the time. Chances are there's millions of other people thinking about that show also. And all of this group think is going to cause that show to have a second season. If nobody was thinking about it, no one was caring about it. That show be canceled almost instantly. So I always go back to you're writing a story, you're making a show, you're making a movie. The movie is your life. All you have to do is determine how that movie ends. And then the other part is just going to that point and having an adventure along the way. And, um, that adventure, that this excitement, everything that that's pushing you is this care is, um, what you're thinking about is, um, what you're doing during the day. Um, any moment that you have, like any moment where you're just daydreaming and you're like, you're like just looking out the window and you're thinking about all this stuff. What are you thinking about there? You are in control of those thoughts. You can tell those thoughts to, to, to think about anything you want. Even if it's something, it seems silly, but it's like something as basic as just saying the word over and over again of the thing that you care about. Like if you have nothing to say, just think about, it. just keep saying the word over and over again. Some a little voice will come up and, and give you an insight and, and it's worth it. So to take us through an average day, an average day that's uh, like, for example, in the summer when, when you had a little bit of time on your hand and you, you were reading a lot about the natural laws and trying to understand like the importance and how to apply them in your life. Um, and I remember you saying that um, you realize that the majority of people have negative thoughts and mm. that if you don't do something about it, eventually you will be part of um, you will be part of that group of humanity that gets proportionally more negative thoughts than positive thoughts, right? And you made a decision. I don't know whether it was this summer or last year or whatever it was that that will not happen to you, right? The, that you will not allow negative thoughts into your head. So, how did you go about doing that? Because that that talk, that talks to the point of you know making sure that you you only allow the thoughts into your mind that you care about, right? So now we're talking about how did you do it? Okay, so yeah, just to clarify a little bit, I'm I'm not. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's just clarify a lot. So, um, my research, uh, suggested that during, for modern man, um, we have around between on average 50,000 thoughts per day. And uh-huh. of those 80% of them or 10,000 or, um, 40,000, 40,000 of those thoughts are negative. And on a graph to say whether you're a healthy person and or an unhealthy like an unhealthy of uh, healthy of mind um 
in that graph, if you have 40,000 negative thoughts per day, you're actually experiencing a type of post-traumatic stress disorder from all the negativity. Um, and, and that's based on, on like who came up with that measure. Um, I'll find the research and, and get it to you. I remember watching the video multiple times, so it was it was something good. And uh, I'll send you the link to that, and you can get it out. But but you're yeah, saying basically that that psychologist used this as sort of benchmark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a, in a way, yeah. And um, um, a lot of these negative thoughts come from advertisements, in particular, because they're intended to make you feel bad about yourself. Um, because then they say, oh, well, you feel bad about yourself because of this. And then this product gets rid of that. And then go buy the product. Um, so I didn't say that I wanted to get rid of all my negative thoughts because negative thoughts are good. And, and they're really what you have to look at your, your brain is fourth dimensional matrix. It's basically a portal for all sorts of thoughts uh, to pop in. And sometimes negative thoughts get in and it's just, it's just up to you to do battle with them and to say, I'm not letting this, this, this thought go in rotation around, um, in, in, you know, <laughs> on, over and over again. on rotation. Yeah. Every 30 minutes. Yeah. Cause, cause if you have that the thought and it starts rotating, it stays rotational and it goes, it just dips into your subconscious, subconscious. And stays there and then rotates. And it has all these, um, bad things that it's doing to your psyche and you don't even know because you, you, you didn't engage with it. Um, and all that I mean with engage with it is to go, Oh, that's a thought. I don't like that thought. That's about it. Um, and so when we're talking about positive thoughts or thoughts that are focused on your care, one of the best ways to do this is to one, get away from people. <laughs> um, and because you have to remember on average, we're having 40,000 negative thoughts per day out of 50,000. Um, if you have a second person around you, that means that there's 80,000 negative thoughts um, around you because they have the thoughts and you have the thoughts. And then if you add more people, there's more and more negative thoughts and all this stuff. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to, um, and, that, and that's why you see yogis and they go out into the woods. They go out into the woods to get away from people. Um, it's not a great life to live. Um, but if you're in a bad place, that one of the best ways is to get away from people for a little bit. Um, that way you, you cut down the negative thoughts by a, an exponential amount. Right. Um, the second thing, and this is something that people got to start doing. It's so important. Um, it's called anchoring. You heard of this? Um, it's just, so let's say hypothetically that the thing you care about is sailing and you're like, Jeff, all you want to do is sail all the time. It would make sense for friendly little reminders for your, your poor, poor, poor memory to have a ship in a bottle, to have sails somewhere, to have things that uh, have to do with sails uh, and sailing all around you all the time. That way, your brain can never forget. It's just like Memento, the movie Memento. And he's got like, he's writing stuff on his chest and, and tattooing things and, and everything because he has to remind himself. There is the point of memento is to remind you that you're no different than, than the, than the guy the, you, you have amnesia all the time. You have that, to keep reminding yourself. That was a great movie. Yeah, it was. I love the part when he found out that, uh, the guy was double charging him for multiple rooms. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, how did they even think about like, like you have to really get into a mind to, to think that somebody would take advantage of somebody like that. And, and, but, but that would happen. 
not that like it's like you know that's all everyone's bad it's just like that's a really interesting i don't know anyway it was a good movie um but um yeah you have to treat yourself like you have poor memory and you just and, and that's why like you see these people and it's like um they have all these trinkets and everything on their desk and everything those are like pictures of their family it's like you need pictures of your family to remind yourself of family you need um these things help um and it's just constantly like because the way that you bring in thoughts is your 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 projector your projector screen just picks up on things and it's a like, oh, there's a color red over there. And it'll be picking, you'll be working and it'll pick up on that. It'll say it's color red over there. Uh, oh, that, that, that color red means that there's coffee in that pot. Um, oh, you want a cup of coffee. And it's having these thoughts constantly from all these little uh, things that you're seeing. And that's why it's so important to have really good art around you. And it's important to um, basically treat everywhere that you are in control of as a temple. And to be like, hey, I may be driving a shitty car. I may be driving a 94 Nissan or something. Um, but inside of it, it's going to be immaculate. Outside of it, it's going to be shiny and I'm going to wash it. Because I care about it. I care about this thing because it gets me to my job. And it gets me to my job so I can make money and do the things that I care about. And um, when you have paintings and stuff, now you're talking about uh, anchoring yourself in like deep um, symbology and uh, subconscious and and, and things in the mind and, and that and that multiplies this um this effect of this anchoring the whole key is to just make sure that you don't leave your, your house a mess because that's just going to remind you that you're a messy person as opposed to if you clean everything your brain's going to be like i must be a clean person i must be an organized person because that's all that i'm seeing around me that makes sense cool and and, and that's why people you know, I don't know how many like manifestation courses I've read about or heard about, but all of them use those anchoring techniques, right? Like whether you use post-it notes, like all over the house, mm-hmm. remind you of your goals um, or whatever it might be. They, they definitely want to mirror. Yeah. 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 Or even like the vision board is kind of, it's part of yeah. all of that. And I, I know that like we literally just had somebody on here who's like vision boards are stupid. It's like, yes and no. Like they're stupid as in making a vision board is not going to get you all that stuff. But one, it does anchor you, your, your mind to something. And it goes, uh, whenever your mind goes, like looks up, it, it, it'll look up before you look up. Your mind will look up and be frustrated and be like, why am I doing this? And if it looks up and sees a board that has a picture of a yacht and a house that you want and all, and all this traveling stuff. Um, it'll go, Oh, okay. That's why I'm doing this. It'll go back down. And all you will feel is like a little tinge of like, I want to look up, but I don't want to look up. And then you just, you don't even realize that you move on. Like you have to understand that your subconscious is just 24 seven picking up on everything that's going on within your vicinity, within your, uh, sense perceptions. Right which is a lot more than uh, you're taking in consciously. Yeah. So w- one thing I'm, I'm trying to understand is that uh, how do you keep that level of care 
high, like through your daily process, how do you ensure that it doesn't, you don't kind of like um, go back to like a lazy habit of letting any thought come in. Right. And, and, um, and I think well, I, sorry, go ahead. Did you answer it? No, that was what, that was like where I was going like 10 minutes ago when I was going to ask you how you did it in the summertime and you kind of explained the whole process, but you never explained how you, how you managed that part of it, keeping the negative thoughts out. So the, the way to look at it is think of something that you cared about. Like, you know, like I cared about the New York giants, like when they won the super bowl a couple of times in, the, in, in my lifetime, um, like I thought about them. I made connections in the games, like conspiracy theory connections that would make people be like, why, why would you think about that so much? Um, so for example, when the giants won the super bowl in 2007, um, there was a number three that it included for every sing- accounted for every single win. Um, so the New York Giants played against um, this quarterback named Jeff Garcia and Jeff Garcia beat the Giants in the playoffs with the San Francisco 49ers and he's a quarterback. And then he went and he beat the Giants um, as a uh, Philadelphia Eagle. And now he was on the Buccaneers and he was about to beat the New York Giants with three different teams in the playoffs at, at three different times. And that's a pretty amazing thing. And he ended up losing that's one three right there. And then they played the Dallas Cowboys and they had already played the Cowboys twice and the Cowboys had beaten them twice that year. And then they won the third game and then they went up against uh, the green Bay Packers and um, it took three field goal attempts before uh, Lawrence Tynes, the field goal kicker kicked a field goal uh, to win the game, took three field goal. He missed the first two. And then in the Super Bowl, um, it was going to be their third Super Bowl win. So that's number three. It was inevitable. We were going into the Super Bowl, and I'm telling people, three, it's inevitable. There's three. They're going to win. And they're going up against the 18-0, 18-0 New England Patriots, who had already beat the Giants in the regular season, too. Um, and they lost. The 18-0 New England Patriots, best team to ever lose the Super Bowl, um, against the 10-6 and New York Giants. Um, and I can do all those connections and all this stuff, which meant that all I was doing for those two weeks while waiting for that Super Bowl game was thinking about the New York giants. And, um, you take that thought, the, those thought processes, it's like, man, you spend a lot of time thinking about something that is just, you, you stop and you think about it. And it's like, we're just paying millions of people, millions of dollars to run a, a, a hand egg down a field. Like that is ridiculous. And it's like the amount of thought that I put into that, into that, like, what if I turn this, psychotic crazy thinking and, and focused on something that actually mattered right and then the whole the whole issue becomes well what actually matters and that's where i spent an extended period of time it's like sudden and then i finally found it it's like truth truth matters and I, I can explain this stuff um so that's what i do with truth now and that's what i do with the conspiracy theory stuff it's like well why are you running down this rabbit hole and it's like because i'm thinking about it all the time and it's just like it's like all these things come up and it's like now i gotta look at the phoenicians i want to know about this alphabet like what's going on here and then you find out it's like Phoenician, Vatican, uh, you know, Carthage, all this stuff. And, and, and you're like, and then you, you come out of the rabbit hole and everyone's like, what the hell have you been doing? It's like, I've been thinking about stuff that I care about. And it, 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 it leads you down paths, but you don't care. 
you don't care that it's leading you down these paths because you're loving every second of it. I didn't mind that I wasted all these hours thinking about the New York Giants with all these threes. Like, what do these threes have to do with anything? The Giants won the game because they, they played the game better. Um, but it's like, I still thought about all that stuff. And while it didn't lead to anything like substantial, it, it was very nice feeling going into that game, thinking that the, in a superstitious way that the Giants had an advantage of some sort. Um, and I wouldn't have come to that conclusion unless I really thought about all this crazy stuff that had happened. And, um, and then realizing that I'm giving all this energy away to the New York Giants, which was fun for everybody because we won and everything. But like, what if they lost? Oh, oh, my heart. Feel bad for the Patriots fans who did the same thing as me with the Patriots and lost. Like that just ruined their whole month. And I mean, so you can't do this, this thing with the games because what if you lose? Well, if you do something that is inevitable, like starting a successful business, do it and you'll be successful and everything will be fine. And just uh, obsess about it. Become obsessed. Like, like we, we have this negative connotation with addiction and it's like, you know, just don't get addicted to something that's bad for you and, and, and have fun with it and be addicted and obsessed and disappear for a few months and learn something about the thing that you care about that will probably never be useful, but it gives you just a little bit more, a little bit deeper layer. And, and you do all this and there is no, like issue there's no issue of waking up in the morning when you're doing something that you care about like that you truly care about it's it it, it's as simple as as anything else in the world as as thinking about anything that you love because you love it that's how you have to think about the things that you care about was that psychotic was that as psychotic as it sounded to me (laughs) I think we're gonna have to cut that part out. <laughs> I, I like it. I wanted to show how insane, like, like caring makes you go crazy. Like, and and crazy is not a bad thing, and and being obsessed is not a bad thing. No, crazy is a great thing. Crazy is what gives gives you the the pump. Like, it, it what moves you to action and, and keeps you in that game until uh, until you achieve what you want to. I mean, it, yeah. Cause but, but, you have to, yeah, because you have to be crazy to continue doing something. But how do you how do you get into that crazy mode, right? Like, you, say you you gotta care, you you gotta care. It's but, that simple. Okay, I'm I'm trying to relate it back to you in regards to caring and the madness that exuded out of every pore in you as you were talking about that was both inspires inspiring and terrifying and horrifying yeah. and horrifying and terrifying well and, and this sorry go ahead i'm still talking <laughs> i have another monologue for you buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, it was inspiring but I, I come back to um the thought and here's the thought. I, I'm working my day job in, in, the, in the large corporation, and, and I care about things, you know, during the dark of night and early morning, and I'm, you know, and I'm like planning and, and uh, plotting and how I'm going to like move towards this thing I care about. But I show up in, in the corporate office with the with the, the bad lighting, fluorescent lighting that, you know, tears apart your, uh, you at a uh, atomic level. And, mm-hmm. 
And he actually exaggerates that forgetfulness to a point where by the end of the day, you, you rarely know your name, much less your loved ones or where you live, but you finally find your way back home, right? So in, in the context of this environment, it's hard to get back and care about what you need to care about. And, and, and that's what I'm grappling with. Like, you know, I've talked about this many times. And for someone to move towards something they really care about, how do they do it if they're in an environment that's very different from what they're, they're caring about? And I think you, when we talked about it before, you said you need to just remove yourself from that environment. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, it, it, or last time we were on the podcast. Um, does, does environment, like, you want the effect of enlightenment. Um, the, so you have to look at what the causes of, the, of enlightenment are. And um, working in a place that has fluorescent light bulbs um, for 40 hours a week Right. Does not give you does not give you enlightenment. So um, it cannot cannot be done. Um, but but maybe this is the key. No matter yeah. what, what you're doing, you should yes. do, you should do it with love, appreciation, and gratitude. And maybe just that alone yeah. will put you in the place you need to be. Right. Yeah, so and I, and that is the only real solution to that. I like I like the idea of having um, secrets. So, secrets? okay. So first of all, let's go back to the psychotic thing that that I was talking about, and let's bring it back to you. I just want you to think of a time when you were a kid, um, when you really liked something. What was something that you liked when you were a kid? Uh, when I was a kid, like your favorite thing. I liked uh, I like hanging around with friends, I like going on like long bike rides or like like adventures in the summertime. Like, <laughs> any toys that you really liked? Any games that you really liked playing? Was there ever a time in your life where you were focused on something at a young age because um, you wanted to get better at it, or um, you just liked it? Guitar playing. Guitar playing. You play guitar? Yeah. Cool. So, was it hard to ever think about playing guitar? Like, when you started thinking about playing guitar, you pretty much want to go and play, right? Yeah, I used to play, like, six hours a day for, like, years. Yeah, so to me, that's psychotic. Like, yeah. What's more psychotic than, than playing an instrument for, for you? Like, what was your end goal for that? My end goal for that was, I don't think, well, I guess I always had dreams of being in a rock band, right? You know, we did have mm. some bands in high school, but I, mostly I just did it because I loved it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. How, how psychotic is, is that to dream about being in a, like a rock and roll band? Like there's only like 10 of those a year that happen out of the millions. Like you see, it's so easy to just start caring about something um, and to take it to that next level. 
And you have these crazy dreams where it's like, well, yeah, I dreamed about being on a, on a rock band and it's like, that's not possible. You know, you wasted all that time. Like you didn't waste that time. That was, you really enjoyed doing that, that whole time. I really enjoyed watching the Giants win the Super Bowl. Um, now take the, those six hours that you played and now you're, you're you now and find the thing that you care about that makes you want to play for six hours, makes you imagine, like we talk about imagine, like with the, with the t-shirt, the t-shirt Titans and we go through the meditation and everything. Um, when you're doing those intention meditations where you're focusing on the, like what your future could be like, you do that naturally. You did that naturally when you were a kid. You imagined yourself as a rock and roll band player, a music a guitarist. Take that natural imagination, that natural energy, and just apply it to anything that you want. And there's nothing that you can't do. Not only is it that there's nothing that you can't do, the bar is so freaking low that you, people will call you crazy and they'll call you obsessed and addicted and all these other words when in actuality, you totally definitely are, but that's how everyone should be. Oh, I love what you just said. Yeah, I, I don't know how that, I pulled that out of my ass. Up. That was like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm losing, I'm losing him, I'm losing him. <laughs> basically what you're saying is our natural state should be one in which we're crazy crazy from the perspective that we're we're obsessed with what we care about which is not the norm like that is for most people crazy yeah now i don't know how we got to this point but somehow we we got to the point where we got to talk about this whole being cool in our society is to not care. And I think that that's the, one of the most poisonous things to uh, give value to is this not giving a, not giving an F not um, um, zero fucks. That's the whole thing that people say online is Oh, like look how few fucks I get, you know? And it's like, well, you had to write that out dick face. So you definitely cared enough to say it. Um, But that's besides the point. The point is, is that, you should care, and it should be cool to care. And it shouldn't matter what you care about, whether it's guitar playing or whether it's sports or uh, yoga or meditation. Um, but you will see, once you start searching for something that is actually worth caring about, that you, you'll start to, uh, your funnel for caring will, will start to get very focused on things that really, truly matter. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the the poison of this of this not caring thing is has gotten out of hand. And why do you think we've gotten to this point? I, you know, I'm not a negative. You know, I'm I'm a conspiracy theory guy, but I can't think of how. It just feel like I mean, you you go into the the '90s, Saved by the Bell. It almost it always feels like like every hero that there was that came out of sitcoms and stuff, like the cool guy always didn't care about anything. And then, but then simultaneously didn't care about anything. But when the the cool guy did care about something like the Fonz or something, that thing got done every time. So it was like, it was like we got sort of duped into it. It wasn't that the Fonz didn't care. The Fonz only cared about a few things. He cared about his girl 
and he cared about cars. That's all he ever did. And he was very successful at all that stuff. And then not caring about all the stuff that he didn't care about. And that's sort of how you have to look at it. But uh, I feel like a lot of people just get hung up on the not caring part and they don't realize that they're, well, you got to care about something. The zero fucks. No, you need at least one fuck. Have at least one fuck, guys. Maybe two if you include your family and stuff. Right. But zero fucks. Come on. What's the point? Yeah, well, what's the point of being around? And, and maybe that was misinterpreted. Maybe um, th- th- there's, there's a difference between not caring and being kind of like laid back, right? And seeming like you don't care. Um, but I think what you're talking about is people that actually give the impression that they don't care. And they in fact, say that, right? They, they take pride. They, they care so little that, that they spend most of their day trying to convince others that they don't care. So they so care. That they care about, about not <laughs> convincing caring. people. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't they, care. They literally care about not caring. That's like, that's, that's the sort of brainwashing that you look at and you just go, that's not curable, man. <laughs> you're, you're in trouble. That's not um, curable without a personality transplant. And, and then you just go, thank goodness that we have a poor memory so you can forget about this stuff. If you ever wanted to make the switch. Well, thank Well. If they did have a good memory and they finally got rid of that, the knowledge of how they were would be such a vast and deep wisdom that they would always be able to propel themselves forward upward. (laughs) (laughs) Just a friendly reminder that we evolved from monkeys. That's a lie, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you, Justin, what do you care about? I care about truth. I care about, I feel like I'm forced to care about freedom of speech much more than I should. And it's annoying me. I, I was talking to my sister and um, she said she made a couple comments that I like, I had to address. I had to text her about it. I was like, why is my older sister always make me uncomfortable? And I've always wondered that. And then I, I zeroed in on it and it was freedom of speech. I was talking to her today and I was talking about, I can't remember exactly what I was talking about, but it was something about a motion of my arm. I, I hurt my arm and I said that it was retarding my ability to throw. And she said, don't use the word retard. And I turned and looked at her and I said very calmly that um, freedom of speech, don't tell me what, what words not to say because it, it rattles you. It, it, really, it really, it makes you question the words that you're saying. And so I just made it clear to her, and then like two hours later, she said that she didn't want me to speak. And she said it kind of jokingly, like she didn't want me to speak during the, um, um, during, di- during uh, Christmas Eve dinner because she was worried I was going to say something that was going to offend her, her husband or something. And, um, but she said it kind of jokingly, but like I, that, that made me like think about like what she was saying. Basically, she was saying that, that she didn't want me to engage with her. So essentially that the, what she's saying is that she'd prefer that I'd be dead um, because that would be the ultimate me, my inability to engage with her is the only way for that to happen is if I was dead. And that is a, it, it's a realization that, that this, this freedom of speech thing matters a lot more than, than people are, are giving credit for. Um, not only like 
when you silence somebody, what's the difference between a, a silenced human being who cannot communicate with anything? No hand gestures, no nothing, like no communication. What's the difference between that person and a total complete vegetable of, of a human being who's just like living on life support? Nothing. Nothing. Communication is everything to a human. And, and it's one of our, our, our biggest and most powerful freedoms and everything that we've created, everything that you've seen around you, almost including, almost including fire itself is a, a discovery that was done with the ability of communication. And that, that's, what's made us stand head and shoulders above every other animal on this planet is we can communicate and they can't, they cannot uh, pass off information the way that we can to multiple people. They, they can't get people to do, to build buildings, skyscrapers and stuff. And all that's done with communication. So when you say, that you don't want somebody to speak. It's literally like saying you don't want them to be alive. Um, and, um, you know, I made that clear to her in less serious terms. And, um, and, and, you know, she apologized, um, and, and everything and, um, and everything's cool. It's just, it's like th th these things matter. Like we, you say these things, like don't say this word. And the only reason why, like I, I brought it up was because my dad is 70 years old and he's like, he's like, wait, you can't say that word anymore. It's like, what other words can't you say? And it's like, we don't know what words we can and can't say. And therefore like, like just make life easier and, and just allow everyone to say every word, please. Again, always add the disclaimer, not including inciting violence. That is not part of free speech, but, um, but yeah, just a weird tangent there. <laughs> I'm chock full of those today. I think I think I got a board up here where I'm for every tangent there's like one one line and I think we're up to five today. Not bad, yeah. not bad. I'm cutting yeah. back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected, baby. It's all connected. So I think we can end this podcast. Oh no, not yet. Uh what do you care about, Anthony? Oh, that's the problem. I, I can't care. answer that instantly. Come on, man. I'm sitting back and feeling it. I care about being able to express my myself in a way that that helps people. That's a good thing to care about. Yeah. I it care was about that a lot also. Yeah. It was originally just um, being able to express myself. But if, if you well, but if you can't do that while impacting other people while being able to elicit the kind of reaction we talked about earlier that Jordan Peterson was getting, where people come up to him, work, no matter where he is. He had a story where he was in a whole, whole food somewhere, and two people from the staff came up to him at different times and just thanked him for the information that he gave out in this new book that were, enabled them to change their lives. And, and he said that they had so much excitement because they realized there was real power in having um, a certain level of um, ethics and morality that, that to use to guide yourself and your decisions and, your, and your, the way you live and the way you interact with people, right? Um, and, and that's critical. That, that, that's, that's all really there is, right? So th that's why not only communication, but being able to positively impact people. That's that would make me extremely happy. And not only would that make me extremely happy, I think the reason it would make me happy is because then I would feel connected to humanity more than I do now.
And yeah. I think I think that's the ultimate caring, connecting to humanity in a bigger way. <laughs> I think it's important to to uh, well, I agree. Yeah, I mean, um, that's the reason why I jumped down the the, the communication rabbit hole. Was like. Um, I want to be able to talk to everyone about the stuff that I want to talk about, but do it in a way that is tailor made for each individual that I'm talking to. So if this individual is focused on yoga, um, I want to be able to speak her, his or her language, um, um, and still get the information out. And I can do that. And, um, and, and then likewise, if they want to talk about natural law, I can talk about that stuff. They want to talk about alchemy. I can talk about that stuff. They could do it in uh, in tailor made for for each person. If they're more mainstream, I, I that's the big one. Is, is the more mainstream they are, it's usually the harder to talk to them. Um, yeah, which is really interesting. And so, like, you gotta like play the game. And you gotta see like how Jordan Peterson does it, and it's because because he's one of the best, and um, how he's able to get people who are going to his site just to see how much of a crazy person this is. Cause that's all that they've heard about this person. Oh, he's all right. He's this, he's that. And he's none of any of this stuff. And, um, and they go like, uh, you know, I just, I'm just curious. I heard the story of this guy and he's like, like I, I, he's just wrote on the, on one of Jordan Peterson's YouTube videos. Um, I went on here just to see how much of a crazy right wing loony you are. And now like, I, I feel like a total, like, like I've been totally lied to about you and everything. And, and it's like that ability to be able to speak to somebody who, who's coming on there to just shit on you and to have them flip, could do a complete 180 on you within an hour's long uh, presentation. That's, that's some mighty power you got there. Yeah. Some mighty connecting power. The ability to connect to a, another human being in a meaningful way that leaves you both better off than before you communicated is, there's no better high than that. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. It feels great when you hear like somebody that, ha- something weird happened to them that ha- also happened to you. Yeah. Like, staying up late at night and not being able to sleep because you're thinking about so, like something like, um, like just before an awakening, a lot of people have trouble sleeping and that's what I had was I wasn't sleeping. And then, and then, uh, you know, and then that's how I bumped into Mark Passio's work on uh, natural law. Um, so you, you know, you, you just hear these things and these connections and this is, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're talking about this stuff right now. So you're doing what you care about. Exactly. Exactly. And you've got, got to play guitar for me. Uh, well, for the channel. <laughs> for the channel. Someday. No, just just yeah. play for me. <laughs> I haven't played in a while, but I, I will play. I'm sure you'll be fine. It was, uh, I discovered I was tone deaf, right? So that was heartbreaking. Well, Beethoven was deaf. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, uh, we, 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 like we had a, uh, 
group in high school and we would get together every Saturday. We would jam in, in a buddy of mine's uh, garage, right? And most of the guys there, they, they would just play uh, the radio and they would pick up the song off the radio, right? I couldn't do that. I always had to have the music in front of me. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I, I know people who... You just got to... <laughs> I mean, you're just learning a little bit different. That's all. But anyway, um, you know, Wim Hof plays a little guitar every once in a while. Yeah. So you got to start just just those little nice, calm little jams. Yeah. yeah I, make, I got a guitar make, back there. Make uh, a song, too. Yeah. Call, well, it, uh, call it a consciousness. There you go. Starting a revolution in consciousness. Rowing <laughs> with Justin and Anthony on spiritual hustle. Sounds play. pretty good. Maybe I'll get the yeah. guitar out now and I'll play. Well, you, well, you do this. You do the singing. Okay, cool. And you'll see what what tone deaf really means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So shall we wrap this up? Um, yeah, sure. I mean. Uh, yeah, we kind of, we hit care a lot. I mean, care is a hard thing to talk about because it's a thing that you do, okay? It's hard to talk about actions. Um, well, how, how would you summarize everything we talked about? How would you tie it up into a nice little bow that people could uh, could put onto their vision board? Okay, if you're going to draw this, I would, uh, I would start with um, an image of God itself. And or us. Have, or yeah, us, well, right? You, you at the center of it. Yes. And, and so like God is like this big image and you're at the center of it. And you're just, you're basically the projection you're projecting God out around you and within you. And, um, and then the, the next Im- image would be the thing that you care about. And, um, and then the, the next image would be what your life would be or what your life is after that, that thing of care permeates throughout your entire being. And you would have to remind yourself the importance of every thought that goes through your mind. Because that is what shapes your life, your reality. And to focus those thoughts on the things you care about. And, and to build up an emotional charge around the things you care about. To, to, so that when you think about them, you, you get excited, you get happy, and... Um, and that'll feed the care. And hopefully that that'll be like um, a feedback mechanism. So the more you think about it, the more excited you get, the more you care, right? And that'll take you forward. And then somewhere in that process, you make a decision that this is important to me, this thing that I care about, and I dedicate myself to it, and it will come to pass. You make that decree. Usually it's better if you're yelling at the top of your lungs outside naked with a full moon and you yell and get God in the middle of February in the middle of February in, in Toronto or in an ice cold shower. That's a good that, yell also. That I could do too. I'm 95% certain that my neighbors hate me. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I think that's a good little summary. Yeah. Um, and, and 
and to remember what it was like when you were younger and you just cared about stuff right and and, and to re-implement that back into your life is just how easy it was to imagine yourself as a playing in a rock and roll band as right. a celebrity that's such an easy thing to when we were younger to just pop into that you know why is it such an ordeal now you know that's right shouldn't be and, and the, the other point you brought up too is to understand that we are connected to everything so that you need to care about things not caring is not an option not caring is like being dead it's a waste of time mm. you're, you're wasting space and air but because you are connected to everything you need to care about something because that will feed into that, that will only not, not only nourish like society, but it will nourish your soul. It, it will, it will kind of give you the gratification that you need in order to feel self-fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So care, find something to care about if you don't. And if you do have something you care about deeply, focus as much time and attention as you can on that and, and make a decree inside yourself that you will dedicate your life to that, at least a portion of your life. And when you, and when you go to work, um, I, I forgot to mention this about the secrets is to have a, the, the secret is the thing you care about and you go to work and your entire intention at work is to, um, make money. So you, so that you can do the thing that you care about. So if you're spending all this time, being forced to, to go to work for eight hours a day. Always keep the secret inside your head of this, um, the thing that you care about. And this is the reason why you're here. You're not here to make somebody else a shit ton of money. You're here for you to make money so you can do the thing that you care about. Um, and, and we live in a capitalist society, so you have to make money. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just the way it is. And, and be blessed that that's all that you have to worry about. Because a hundred years ago, there was other things to worry about. Very lucky. That's it. Yes. All right, Justin, I think it's time to sign off. Um, One final thing that I would like to say is that your passionate rants that seem crazy now seem to me to be the way I want to live my life on a daily basis. Thank you. I'm glad I indoctrinated you into the psychotic nature of the Justin Gabinsky's mind. You did. And I feel like I need to drink some Kool-Aid. I wish I had some around here somewhere. I got mine right here. <laughs> my, that would suck to be in my cold. Cause it's like, it's like, dude, you're putting poison in water. <laughs> yeah. At least giving it some flavor. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, it's the way I, I, I'm writing this thing about this. Um, um, I thought it was so funny. I'm writing about this uh, psychotic um, killer. He was, I made him like the president or the dictator of some Eastern European country. And um, he's in jail and he's basically talking to one of his um, accomplices. And, and, but his accomplice didn't get arrested or anything. And his accomplice pulls out of his, out of his butthole a, um, a vial that you, you put it in your mouth and you bite into it and it poisons you and it kills you. Uh, it's like got, got arsenic in it or something. And there's a part in the scene where uh, his name's Milovich, where he um, he's handed the the poop um, pill, poop covered pill, the poop covered pill, and he's like, "This is disgusting. Like, I'm not putting this into my mouth." And the guy just like turns and looks at him, and he's like, 
like, dude, it, it's going to kill you instantly. Like, what do you care? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he's a crazy person. So he just like laughs for like a minute. And, uh, but, um, add that to the rant list. Cause I do not know why I was talking about that. <laughs> okay. We will cut that one out too. Okay. Then. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> Goodbye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it.